0: He's gay. I mean, he's gay. Excuse me. He's blind. If you're at lunch, or if you have no
1: appetite, now is a good time to switch off the radio. It will not be pleasant listening. Welcome to the Lawrence Ross Show.
2: Who sound a little taller on radio.
1: A two-hour weekly exploration into the mind of a man who calls it like he sees it, but he can't see his audience.
3: So what if I'm blind?
1: At least I don't have to look at your ugly face. Want to mix it up with this guy? Call or text the comment line. 813-602-2715. Pick up a phone and dial that number. Hope you enjoy the program because no refunds will be issued.
3: And we'll do it live.
0: I took a course in hallelujah.
4: I went to night school for the blues. The Lawrence Ross Show. What is happening, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in. May 7th, 2021 A lot of ground to cover Would love to hear from you tonight 813-602-2715 And one random participant Will receive Free merchandise But first As is tradition Love that hound dog Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there listening to the program. And tomorrow is the birthday of the YouTuber Trisha Paytas. All this and more. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to get a hold of me, 813 602 2715. Would love to hear from you tonight. Either call or text. Would love to hear from you. And one random person will receive free merchandise. And I will be contacting you after the show. If anybody, if anybody does, in fact, call in during this program tonight, uh, if you want to go check me out on my social media platforms, facebook.com forward slash blind Lawrence, that's also the same with Twitter, and also Instagram, and YouTube is youtube.com forward slash Lawrence Ross, and also the... Uh, Merchandise is teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash LRoss1987. And the Facebook page for the show is facebook.com forward slash LRoss1987. And there's a brand new like. Thank you to Andorra Darling for liking the page. Thank you very much. Greatly appreciate it. And that's all I have in regards to the opening credits I normally do. Uh, but anyway, I figured I'd kind of switch things up a little bit uh, tonight. Uh, it's Mother's Day on Sunday. So happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there who may be listening to this program. As I said earlier, I kind of think Oedipus may have over-celebrated Mother's Day, but that's just one man's opinion. <laughs> you know? I mean, how do you not know? How do you legitimately not know What did he... What, what, what? I'd be mean, like, what? Did he make love with his eyes closed and then suddenly realize, oh, wait a minute, this is my own flesh and blood? <laughs> did, did it really take him that long to realize that, you know, that, that you know, did, did it ever enter his mind that what he was doing is just incredibly frowned upon? I mean, it's one thing to like your mom, but to just do that is just... <laughs> it's over the damn line. I mean, today we call that incest. Maybe... I know a thousand years or so ago, whatever it was, it meant uh, rightful place of ownership of this, that, and the other, and storming a castle. I don't know. I don't know all the, uh, I don't know all that stuff, but, uh, but I wrote a, uh, I wrote a little poem last night about mother's day and I haven't really read through it all that much. So if it sounds kind of me of me reading it, well, <laughs> so be it. But anyway, this is a short little poem about mother's day. <clears throat> If it wasn't for our mothers uh, wait <clears throat> okay <clears throat> take 2 <clears throat> If it wasn't for our mothers we wouldn't have been granted the gift of birth we say thank you mom for letting us travel the earth they bring us love they bring us, they bring us great joy they give us shelter food and toys they teach their girls to braid their hair And they sometimes have to say to their boys, Would you turn down that noise? If you have a daughter or a son, no matter the years, a mother's job is never done. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. Wow! Wow, I didn't know you were a hippie! (laughs) On Mike Stewie. Yes, I didn't know you were a hippie. Well, I wouldn't say that I'm a hippie. Well, you can look like one. But what do you mean I look like a hippie? Your hair's getting a little long. Your beard's looking just... I don't know what it looks like, man. But for the people out there listening to this program, be grateful that this is radio. Because you can't see what it looks like. You don't look all that good. Especially with that... I don't know if it looks like a bird nest rat's nest or whatever but it it's it's not a good look and guess what the girls don't like it oh shut up the girls don't like it hey man uh don't 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 you have uh uh don't you have something in regards to uh uh mother's day stewie uh 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 what was that uh, was that one thing you once sent to uh, Lois oh 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 I got it right here uh, this is from uh, season two episode eight this is I am Peter hear me roar this is a little extra from that episode so this, this this is your kind of uh this, this is your idea for uh, Mother's Day uh Stewie well, no, it's not an idea it's just it's just well well I'm gonna get your screen it says Stewie Griffin hyphen not a toaster what what the hell does that mean oh well, let's find out
2: I come bearing a gift. I'll give you a hint. It's in my diaper, and it's not a toaster.
4: <laughs> yes, very funny, Stewie. Very, 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 very cute. Very cute.
2: Yeah, you're welcome, man.
4: Yeah. Uh, anything else? Yeah, hey man, uh, Just uh, tell these other guys uh, on the
2: couch that uh, they're up all the hogger pulled the shows.
4: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Sure. <laughs> I'll get right on it. Uh, one more Mother's Day related thing I wanted to play. And I forgot just how freaky this was. This is the final scene from the movie Psycho. This is the last scene. This is, uh, the scene where, <clears throat> okay, we'll just to give you a little backstory in regards to Norman Bates. Norman Bates, there never was a Norman Bates, but he was based off of several, uh, he was mainly based off of this guy, Ed Gein. He was known as, uh... Oh dang it oh what was he known as Ed guy he was oh leather no 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 um the uh, the ah oh, oh, what the heck was his dang alias Oh it is gonna drive me crazy but hold on for just hold on a minute ladies and gentlemen I I, I gotta I, I gotta hold on I gotta take a little bit of a br- hold on. I gotta put this on hold real quick. I gotta do some quick research because I forget. I forget was was Ed Gein was he known as Let No 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 Wait a second Wait No 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 no. He was not known as Wait a second Wait a second He wasn't known as Hold on a minute Stand by I'm trying to figure something out about Ed Gein Stand by Stand by during this musical interlude, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, uh, all right, so Ed Gein or Gein, okay, uh, he was, He was. Uh, um, okay, so, okay, forget about his aliases, I just want to tell you what this guy did. This guy, what he did was, he was big into grave robbery, and he would find dead bodies, mainly of women, take the skin off, and try and like make the skin and, and he'd make the skin into like lampshades and leather ch- chairs and stuff like that. He was, he was really twisted. He was, he was trying to be because he was, he was raised by a very domineering mother and he was trying to basically become her after she passed away and it didn't work out. So Norman Bates, uh, the psycho story, it was, it was, it was originally a story written by Robert Block and Alfred hitchcock bought all the copies so that he could uh buy the rights to the movie and keep the ending a secret so it's the end of the movie and norman bates has just been found out as the killer and basically no, and and basically his whole thing of it was the mom that whole thing is up that that that's over that's not happening so here now is the final scene from psycho and i uh and when I was pulling this yesterday, I forgot just how frightening the the I forget just how a how frightening the music is, but also how important it is to have as this monologue plays. So yeah, I know it's very demented me playing this the Sunday before Mother's Day, but hey, look, it's just part of life, man. It's part of uh, the phenomenon, part of the zeitgeist, the zeitgeist, part of the uh, the pop culture. So here we go from nineteen sixty. Good evening.
5: they know I can't even move a finger, and I won't. I'll just sit here and be quiet, just in case they do suspect me. They're probably watching me. Well, let them, let them see what kind of a person I am. I'm not even gonna swat that fly. I hope they are watching. They'll see, they'll see, and they'll know, and they'll say, why, she wouldn't even harm a fly.
4: Happy Mother's Day. Lawrence Ross Show, 813-602-2715. Would love to hear from you this beautiful Friday evening. I got, mer- I got some free merchandise for anybody who calls it. Well, not anybody who calls in, uh, uh well, the, uh, ra- random, random, random caller, one random caller will receive free merchandise. And, uh, so yes, that is that. And, uh, well, <clears throat> you guess you see it kind of ties in because, well, uh, <clears throat> all right. Now that I've covered that on to, uh, on to this celebrating a birthday. <laughs> a very very happy birthday Even though it's tomorrow i'm you <laughs> know it's tomorrow i just want to say very very happy birthday to the youtube personality trisha paytas i have met trisha twice she is a very nice woman and i figured that I might have some new people in the audience checking out the program we give you a, give you guys the timeline and all that fun all that fun stuff that has happened since that time. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> so in October of 2012, I was listening to this podcast called the Distorted View Daily Podcast. That's that's what it was known as. And the host of the show comes on and he previews what he has coming up. And he and I remember his intro was something to the effect of Coming up on the story to be daily today, I got a woman talking about why she's voting for Mitt Romney and then some other stuff and then on with the show. And so he kicks off the show and he says, all right, here's a YouTube clip, of a woman talking about why she's voting for Mitt Romney. And he plays the clip and it's Trisha, but I didn't know it was her. I I, I didn't know her name, but as soon as he played that clip, (laughs) very first time I heard her talk, she said something like, uh, uh. She'd be like, hey, guys, what's up? Or something like something to that effect. As soon as I heard that, like 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 the nanosecond, I heard that I was transfixed. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I was reading online that uh, Chris Rock once opined that Sade is the most beautiful woman in the world. I would like to say that I believe Trisha Paytas has the most beautiful voice in the world that's just me. So he, so he only put like a minute, minute and a half or so of the clip, and then he moved on to other stuff, but he didn't say who it was. He just left it open-ended. And so I just did a quick Google search. I'm like, okay, why I'm voting for Mitt Romney, YouTube, something like that. And then I did some research and then put two and two together. Okay. All right. This is pretty cool. All right. All right. It's pretty sweet. Her name is Trisha. That's a cute name. Paytas, unusual last name, but all right. All right. Cute name. Very nice. Easy to remember. And as the uh, and as the time went by, I, uh, uh, I checked out her stuff. And the video that really, I guess you'd say, kind of really kicked into overdrive, at least for me anyway, because when I was watching her stuff, I, I kind of had a feeling, you know, I'd like to hang out with her one of these days. But the one that really just cemented it for me was there's one video where she was cruising around town going from point A to point B and sing along with songs in her car and stuff like that. Oh, it's great. And, and and she she ran the gamut too. Like she does uh uh she does a lot of Broadway tunes. <laughs> so it's like a bit of a Broadway education too. Like uh um uh like I hear her do stuff like uh uh I'd like to be a pro- uh I'd like to be a producer and sleep until half past two. I'd like to be a producer and say you and you and you, but not you or something like that. So, you know, I learned a little bit about some Broadway musicals a little bit of which, you know, I don't have a problem with seeing a Broadway musical. I mean, musicals are fun. And she did a little, like, you know, a little eclectic mix, a little Annie Lennox walking in broken glass, a little uh, Monty Python, always look on the bright side of life. But the way the video was cut, it jumped right to the always look on the bright side of death part. And I heard that, I'm like, all right, this is awesome. So was, uh, So time progressed, and then a couple of years ago, I get a notification, and uh, it was a video from Trisha where she was announcing her tour dates. And so I'm like, all right, hey, if the tour goes great, then maybe there might be a spot in Kansas. Well, it turns out that uh, the planets aligned to the point where I was in Colorado at the same time that she was. And uh, so I asked my friend Holly, hey, uh, one of my longtime friends, uh, Holly, asked her, hey, you doing anything on this day? No. You want to do something? Yeah. Want to check out this show? Yeah, sure. So we went to the show and oh man, we had a ball. We had a great time. It was it was a lot of fun. Uh, got the uh, uh, got the sick at the wool call. We're all standing there. There's about like thirty. I don't know, 25, 30 people in that thing, and we're all just hanging around. And all of a sudden, a car comes slowly passing by behind us. Um, I'm not sure anybody knew exactly who it was. I think uh, and I think we're all looking. Uh, i think we're all looking at our tickets or something and all of a sudden <clears throat> and all of a sudden over the sound of the car engine we hear trisha saying hey fishies that's her fan base uh that that's 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 the name of her uh uh fans the fishies and everyone in the will call was going like yeah yeah we were all excited we're jumping on I, mean, yeah, I, I i think i might have jumped a little bit i don't know went inside the venue and the uh and uh, uh, there's someone there explaining all the stuff. All right, guys, here's what's going to happen. Uh, Trish is going to be at that uh, table there to your left. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so you just go, and, you know, meet her, take a picture, all that stuff. And then, you know, all that other stuff. So so about, eh, say, 15, 20 minutes later uh, of just hanging around the line, just talking to some people, just patiently waiting. And then all of a sudden, it was my turn. And there were a couple of people who were publicly... Who were were very enthusiastic, like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe this! I can't believe this!" There, there's even one person who was a little nervous, and I wasn't nervous, oddly enough. I, I I can't. I don't know. I don't know. I never really was to begin with. So, so I go up to her, you know, you beeline, boom, right to her, <laughs> and she says to me, "Who are you?" I say, oh, "I am." She's all oh, very nice, and so I give her a business card that says "Internet Radio Host" on it. Well, well. Well, some of the information on those business cards are is outdated uh, because it has uh, the old uh, uh, Facebook page address on there. I think, or or well, actually, you know what? I I actually you know I I think they you know I I I, I think they still might be accurate. I just I don't know. <clears throat> I don't have them anymore. I ran out of them. I'll have to make more. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I give her my card and she says internet radio host and she. No, she's so like, ooh, very nice. I'm like, yeah. And so I said to her, so Trisha, I'd like to give you some advice, but not as me as Christopher Walken. <laughs> probably probably making her think, all right, what's this? Uh, all right, let's see what you got there, man. <clears throat> so <clears throat> so what I did was I talked to Trisha as Christopher Walken. I said to her, uh, look, Trisha, you know, I really enjoy your stuff, but you know what it needs? It needs more cowbell. Oh, <laughs> she thought that was just flipping hilarious she (laughs) she loved it man she thought that was just just great then we took a picture uh and uh then about it's say about i don't know 20 minutes later was that a another part of the uh another another part of the uh another part of the area and uh we're hanging out and uh her mom comes up and uh say hello to her and then uh about Nine minutes later, Trisha came back. Um, uh, uh, she uh, uh, she came back around, and she uh, uh, and it pretty much picked up right where we left off. And so, so, so we're talking, and then Holly starts rolling footage, and then Tricia says, "This." I want to go. Oh wait, hang on a minute. Take two.
6: I'm going to Google you. You're like everything. And this shirt is
4: everything. Never heard anything like that before. Very complimentary. Thank you, Trisha. And of which, if you Google search Blind Lawrence, by the way, you find like uh, Lawrence Blinds in Pennsylvania or something like that. And uh, it really doesn't come up with a lot of of information. And if you Google search my real name, Lawrence Ross, you get uh, an author, an author who's written a lot of books so that's and it's got the same spelling and everything it's 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 pretty dang cool so trisha and i were talking to her a little bit more i did a couple more impressions for her i did uh, some uh, family guy uh, stuff and she loved that and then before we uh parted away she said to me i'm so gonna follow you on twitter and uh you know because uh, you're like everything man i'm like oh thank you very much and so a few months later i get the notification ding, trisha pages is following you on twitter i'm like all right awesome that's pretty sweet uh, and so so then the show happened uh, in Denver, Colorado. Great time. And it's about, here we are about 55 minutes into the show. The Q&A is just wrapping up. And then this happened.
7: We're going to wrap up with one more question down here. Got Lawrence down
2: here. Back in 2012, you won America's Got Talent. What was it like when you met the great Howard Stern? Hey!
4: like translate what i said there if there's too much noise in the background what i said after the howard stern part was hey now baba booey to y'all <laughs> uh, it's, you know it's, it's like hey i'll be mean, like my philosophy is hey, look if, if i'm gonna pay homage to the man i might as well throw in a couple of lines from the program you know and so trisha thought it was great you know audience loved it i could talk to somebody who was at the show uh like the uh, uh the following day uh we became friends on social media and we were just reflecting on the show. And I said, yeah, um, uh, uh, yeah, I was the guy who was uh part of the, uh, Q and a, uh, 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 not sure if you noticed. And then she went back with, Oh, that was you, huh? And I'm like, yep. And they're like, and she was like, Oh yeah, that was awesome, man. So yeah. And, uh, and, and Trisha was on America's got talent. She didn't get the prize, but, uh, but for the gatherers, it, it's, it seemed like a good time, but, uh, uh uh patricia said that uh uh i think she was in a total blackout when it happened like 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 she did it but she couldn't like remember like it like ever like 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 happening in like real time it's really it's really (laughs) it's really strange how things are but anyway uh getting back to this uh this is this is this is where uh um uh Anyway,
6: Blind Lawrence. By the way, he has an internet radio show. He is blind, and his name is Blind Lawrence, and I love it. Twitter handle, so he's everything. Um, I love you. Uh-huh. You're everything. He's good at impressions. I met him before the
4: show. Uh, he's just so great. <laughs> uh, so that was really sweet. That was really sweet of you, Tricia. <laughs> and I forgot that she said, "I love you" in the middle of that too. <laughs> I was, uh, f- um, uh, <clears throat> I remember I asked the question, and then she uh, f- uh, uh, <clears throat> then she said her thing and. I don't know, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. I guess I didn't hear it the first time. And then I tracked the uh, footage down. Uh, create, ghetto arts, uh, uh, create Ghetto Art. Create Ghetto Art posted the video. So that's how I was able to find it. So that's, uh, that's pretty sweet of them. And then about, uh, then about nine months later. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was, it was nine months later in uh, August, she was appearing in Kansas. So I got my ticket. And uh, so the night before, I go on Twitter and I say, "Going to C," and I put the word "C" in quotation marks. Ha <laughs> ha, real funny. And uh, so I, 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 I put, you know, I, I, I put, you know, I say, "Going to C," at Trisha Paytas tomorrow in Kansas. Here's what it was like when we first met, and then I posted the uh, the the picture of us when we first met. And so then. Then my feed starts going crazy. Then all of a sudden, Trisha herself not only likes the tweet, but she quotes it and she goes, oh my gosh, you're coming. Love you. And, and, and she put in a couple of emojis and, 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 she, and she says, and, and instead of the word you, she put the letter you seven times in a row and exclamation points and all this stuff. And it was great. And then, and the, and then, and then the next day, I'm hanging out in the lobby just uh, hanging out, then uh, then some folks start filing in, and then and then I'm just and then I'm just I'm just I'm just walking around, just talking to people. And someone says, and someone says to me, "Hey, Lawrence, go over here, man. Let's get a picture." I'm like, "All right, fantastic. How would you know my name?" And they go, "Oh, oh, we we saw we we saw saw the thing Trisha posted on Twitter last night." I'm like, "All right, awesome, man. That's pretty sweet." We're hanging around, talking, having a great time, and then someone gives us a heads up, "Hey, man, Trisha's here." so i jokingly said to everyone all right everybody look alive <laughs> uh but uh i said about 10 seconds later trisha came in and then uh uh their mom was there and and uh and and i'd say about i'd say about 15 seconds after you know i'd probably say 15 20 seconds after going into the little lobby area trisha spots me and she goes lauren i'm like oh trisha how's it going and then we you know we 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 go you know we go in for the hug. It's it, it's great, you know. I mean, it wasn't like the Shawshank Redemption embrace at the end, but I mean, hey, it was something. And uh, so then, so then, if, uh, uh, so we were talking a little bit, and she says, "Yeah, so you know, way up to now?" I mean, if I still do a radio show, I go, "Yep," and uh, uh and 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 I go, "Yeah, and I actually live here in uh, Kansas. I actually live not too far from the prison." She goes, like. Uh. <laughs> She goes, oh, 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 that's that's really cool. What are you like the warden there? And I go, oh yeah, sure. Like I'm gonna be the warden. <laughs> and then I start doing some like fake warden stuff. I'm like, all right, hey, number two sixty-seven, get back in cell block eight or something like that. I can't remember what I said, but Trisha thought it was pretty funny. So then, so then, so then, so then, uh, five. So then it boiled down to me, Trisha, her mom, and I can't remember. And I can't remember, or and and some other people, and so, so, so it's so it's just us. We start talking, and then this happens, and this just, this just elevated things to a whole nother level. Here we go.
6: Rolling now. Yeah. All right. right, Time to shine. Okay. Yeah. We're back in action. Woo. Me, Blind Lauren, We're doing it.
4: And I got a. Uh, um, uh, I'm sporting a uh, uh, kind of the same getup, a little bit, just a little bit of a difference. I mean, you know, I got the Phil Henry show hat. Phil Henry's yeah. a radio guy. Let me just say this. Oh, I love Phil Henry. Let me just say uh-huh. this. Yeah. You and him were on Modern Family. Oh, he was on it too. Yes.
6: Oh my gosh. You like Phil Henry? Yeah. Oh my. Yeah, my dad's a big fan. Christmas.
2: Yeah. You. Rock. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you
6: like it? Yes. <laughs>
4: I think I even jump in that part too. I, th- I think I did, but it was it was it was it was such a nice surprise to you know that somebody who I enjoy also enjoys somebody else who I also enjoy. So it's a nice, you know, it's a good company. I interviewed
2: that guy three you times on my radio show. Oh, no, really, oh. he is an awesome dude. <laughs> wait, actually,
6: you did. Yes, I did. Wow, I talked to him three times. He's a really awesome what? dude. He's awesome. Yeah, he is funny. Well, I've never talked to him, but you're funny. Oh. I forgot how funny Lawrence was. Your voice is right away. Cause he's like, oh, I'm. Like, by the prison. I was like, oh, do you work there? He's like, yeah. He's like, I'm like a <laughs> like, right away were so good. I was like, I forgot how funny you were. <clears throat> oh, well, it's good to see you again. Should we do a picture? Yeah,
4: okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that question of, shall we do a picture? Not only was it met with a very emphatic yeah, sure, let's go ahead and, you know, let's go ahead and do that, but that, but, <clears throat> but that, but that request was met with a very enthusiastic uh, showing of this just a lot of pictures man i mean my goodness i mean uh her mom lena must have taken about oh gosh i'd say maybe 20 pictures of us just us uh, standing around just talking you know moving a little bit here moving a little bit there i'm trying to somewhat look towards the camera and uh uh, uh and i'm making all i'm making all sorts of like wacky uh and uh, making all sorts of like crazy sounds like i'm like uh uh, uh i'm like yeah how's it going everybody yeah and trisha's like oh my gosh mouth sounds i love it man this this guy's great so we're uh uh, so for all the uh, pictures wrapped up basically uh uh uh, we were talking a little bit and it was just uh uh, oh it was great and uh, i can't remember every single thing that was said but i do remember i told her a little bit about this tribute song that i did which i'm gonna play at the end of the show and uh, uh i gave her a little bit of a I gave a little bit of an explanation of it in the lobby, and then, uh, then we went backstage. Here's where, uh, 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 here's where we go behind the music.
6: We're backstage, me and Lauren. Yeah! Ah, I took over his vlog. (laughs) I was like, you need to vlog more. I need that promo on your channel. Hey, by all means, take over. Okay, and he says he performs, so I'm like, oh my god, we need to perform together. Yeah. Do you sing?
4: Uh, Somewhat. I did write a song for you.
6: I know! song oh, yeah, yeah yeah is it long is it like a full song
4: it's three minutes 36 seconds wow is it on itunes uh no it's not i don't know how to do that yet
6: but i'll uh, tell you it's so easy
4: it's actually huh. so simple <laughs> well actually well well technically now it's sort of somewhat is i mean it's available for free but you got to listen to one of the episodes to check it out uh but i would like to eventually put that up on itunes as a standalone uh download and things of that nature uh but but on that tape, you can know, hear Trisha say that she would gladly help me out, so I would like to wait until that does in fact happen because, you know, I want to I mean I mean if she said I mean if she said that she'd like to help me out, well then I'd like to uh, you know, give her the opportunity to be able to do that. So here we go. Continuing.
6: Huh. What's it called? Uh, the
4: name of it is Trisha Paytas tribute song, and it's a oh. rework. It's a reworking of a classic 1972, The Eagles' Desperado. Really?
2: Yes. Oh my gosh. It all,
4: you know, it all kind of came together. It all kind of like, you know, it all kind of like, uh, 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 you know, uh, I wouldn't say it ruined itself, but uh, uh, the like behind the music, it was a. If, um, um, after I saw uh, after I saw the show in Colorado, I was I was so impressed. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna write a song. And then it's yeah. like it's like okay, you know. And then and then you kind of sat on it because I wanted to you know make sure I had it. And then uh, and then a couple months later, I'm like, okay, uh, here we go. Boom, we got it. Wow, so you're like an
0: old soul.
6: Yes. I love that about you. you know the Eagles and all that stuff. We're yes. the same age, but we're like the same. We know like those old like Long old way. school rock bands. Yes. Cute.
4: <laughs> and at that time, uh, <laughs> at that time uh i think we were the same age hang on let me think let's see 2019 let's see august Uh, let's see i was 31 yep 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 (laughs) yep yep we were the same age around that time (laughs) anyway so so stay tuned ladies and gentlemen uh uh i'm gonna be saying some real nice stuff about trisha a little later on in the uh program as well before, before before i play the tribute song at the end but uh okay now ladies and gentlemen like to, uh, woman all right. Now, at least I'm going to, want to uh, talk about, uh, Bill Gates well, just to give you a little, uh, uh, just give you a personal recap here. So Friday night, just hung out and checked out the, uh, show. And then, uh, Saturday morning at about, let's say nine o'clock, I got a uh, phone call from a woman named Patty. Don't get too excited, folks, because Patty is... <laughs> is a Jehovah's Witness. We are now to the point where Jehovah's Witnesses don't come by your door anymore, I guess because of the pandemic, but now they are randomly calling you to give you their spiel. (laughs) Let me just say this. Thank you for the block button. Bye! totally unsolicited you know i mean if if you want you know if you want to practice religion go ahead and do it just do not be the kind that will force your beliefs down everybody else's throats i don't know how this individual got my number but it's just it's it's very it's 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 very it's very disturbing to know that these people are now able to you know do this sort of thing you know you get your number this that and the other it's it's crazy I don't know how they got my number I frankly don't want to know <laughs> I really really don't want to know now that I think about it uh so yeah and then uh, Sunday was laundry day and uh, work was work really <laughs> not all that much else to say about that all right now okay uh, let's see uh. The only thing I have for sports is that the Tampa Bay Lightning are doing really good. Uh, they're playing uh, tonight. Uh, I think against the uh, Panthers. So, uh, hopefully so hopefully they have a good game and uh, hopefully uh hopefully they raise the cup this year cuz that I'd, I'd, I'd like that. Man, that that that'd be really sweet. All right. Now, on to this. This 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 this, this kind of this this was a really wild thing and we heard, and uh, finding out that uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Party is over. So my question is, if if he wants to access to the prenup, is he going to have to hit the F eight button repeatedly, so he can be in safe mode during the uh, during the proceedings? Let's find out what this is all about.
7: Bill and Melinda Gates, among the richest couples in the world,
4: are splitting after twenty seven years of marriage. CBS's Ben Tracy on this billionaire. C colon backslash marriage file dot exe not found. There's breakup. Microsoft back to society
7: it was a match made at Microsoft and now it's over in a statement on Twitter today Bill and Melinda Gates said after a great deal of thought and a lot of work on our relationship we have made the decision to end our marriage the couple first met when Melinda Gates was a marketing manager at Microsoft the company Bill Gates co-founded
0: I could sense that he was a bit interested and uh but it it took him quite a few months before he finally asked me out
7: the couple have three children, and for the past two decades, have been a powerful force in philanthropy, giving away more than fifty billion dollars. It became something that you know we get to do together. We're yeah. you know partners uh, in crime. In two thousand, they started the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to address issues of poverty and disease around the world.
4: Which is kind of wild because I saw something that said Bill Gates has a house that was built in nineteen ninety five, and he's got like a thing to where like he can control the temperature in every room he has all these like pads and all these push button technology and stuff like that stuff that no one has stuff that nobody has and probably won't have probably for i don't know maybe another 40 50 years maybe i mean that that's 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 real that's really that's pretty dang incredible but i can only imagine how much energy that's gonna waste you know I mean, you know, there's a downside.
7: More recently, Bill Gates has shifted his focus to tackling um, climate change. In their statement, the couple says, we will continue our work together at the foundation, but we no longer believe we can grow together as a couple in this next phase of our lives. This comes just two years after another billionaire tech titan, Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos, announced his split from his wife of 25 years, Mackenzie.
4: I wonder if if Jeff Bezos, I I I wonder if he had to call his his ex-wife a couple of times if he was like out and about, if he had to call her up and say, hey, honey, just let you know. Uh, oh, hang on a second. How are we getting the phone effect here? Stand by. What if you ever called his wife on the road and says of like, uh, <clears throat> hey, honey, uh, just let so you know, there's going to be a drone coming by between the hours of 3 and 5 p.m. Uh, I used a two-day shipping. Uh, I want the Chinette set and I want the golden plates from the Franklin Mint And I want the silver replica of David Bowie. Thanks. (laughs) Okay, continuing.
7: Bill Gates is the fourth richest person in the world, worth approximately $130 billion. um, The financial details of the divorce are not yet known. Ben Tracy, CBS News, Washington.
4: Ah, dang. Okay, well, well, the the result and the outcome has been left... um, um, open. All right. Okay. Well, I, I, I figure since this is uh, Bill Gates related, I when I pulled up the clip from the South Park movie, where 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 they shoot Bill Gates in the head. <laughs> so if you've never seen the South Park movie, uh, America goes to war with Canada because of profanity. And uh, Kenny dies because he lit himself on fire because he was trying to light his farts on fire. <laughs> and then he goes to hell and he has to play the in-between with Saddam, with, with Satan and his homosexual lover Saddam Hussein. And they never released the movie to Iraq because they were afraid to do it. But when Saddam Hussein was captured, uh, a couple of the soldiers who were guarding him made him watch the movie over and over again. And he actually sent the creator of South Park his, his autograph. He was like, he, he, he thought that movie was great. Anyway, so here we go.
3: Tomorrow night is the USO show for all you troops. There will be celebrities followed by the execution of Terrence and William. Yeah! After the show, we will finally be sending ground troops into Canada. So let's strategize. Map. Have told us that the Canadians are preparing for our invasion, so we must use Tartan. Each battalion has a specific code name and mission. Battalion 5, raise your hands. You will be the all important first attack wave, which we will call Operation Human Shield. Hey, wait a minute. Now keep in mind, Operation Human Shield will suffer heavy losses. Battalion 14. Right. You are Operation Get Behind the Darkies. You will follow Battalion 5 here and try not to get killed, for God's sake. Any questions, men? Yes, soldier.
2: Have you ever heard of the Emancipation Proclamation?
3: <laughs> I don't listen to hip hop. After that, we will march into the heart of Canada, and we will.
2: Let me get that. Let me get down.
3: Get down. Oh, what's wrong with this thing? <laughs> fucking Windows ninety eight. <laughs> get Bill Gates in here. <laughs> you told us Windows ninety eight would be faster and more efficient with better access to the internet. It is
4: faster. Over five million. <laughs>
3: Alright men, get lots of rest, and for the
4: <laughs> I don't know what he said there at the end. He says, Alright men, get lots of rest, and then it's all garble, like blah 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 <laughs> blah. Like how some of those characters on South Park talk. Uh, but anyway, I kinda of figure this would be an interesting little segue because in the South Park movie, one of the voice actors was Mike Judge. Mike Judge, the creator of Beavis and Butthead, King of the Hill uh idiocracy the good wife or no i'm sorry uh uh, uh the good family i think and uh well That's why, uh, that's why it's time for this.
1: While he's stuffing his face with snacks, he ate like 27 candy bars. Or drinking soda to the point of possibly getting a kidney stone. And then he like drank a thick pack of root beer. He's enjoying content that makes him happy.
8: You clowns think you're so damn funny!
1: Time for people who make Lawrence laugh.
4: Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Texas native
2: Mike Judge.
4: All right, so here we go. So Mike Judge, the reason why Mike Judge makes me laugh, man, I mean, he is just incredibly talented. I mean, the voices he did on Beavis and Butt-Head, he did not just do Beavis and Butt-Head. He did not just do, this sucks. Uh, hey, Beavis, this is pretty cool. Uh, I think you, like, need to, like, change your underpants or something. <laughs> you butt wipe. <laughs> Yeah,
6: really. <laughs> this
4: sucks. <laughs> yeah, he also uh, um, he he did some other voices, and well, here's here's just this, this 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 is this is a this is a little this is a little montage I put together of some of my favorite clips uh, from 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 just uh, various uh, things Mike Judge has done over the years. So here's uh, let's 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 enjoy some of this together, folks. We all need to laugh. So in this so in this in this segment in this is in this episode. Uh, it's called no laughing because the guys laugh so damn much. And in this this scene, they're in Spanish class.
8: Bueno, recuerdan por favor, clase. Siempre contestan en español.
4: I think he said good. I uh, I think he said something to the effect of, uh, uh, "Class, repeat a sentence in Spanish, please," or something like that. Uh, or recite a sentence in Spanish, please.
8: Bueno. Señor Butthead, ¿cómo es Juan? Uh, burritos.
4: <laughs> and you notice that Butthead sounds totally different from what he sounds like today. Because it was kind of like, it's kind of like when you watch old episodes of The Simpsons, Homer kind of sounds like this. Let's go get some frosty chocolate milkshakes, boy. Boy. Now he sounds like this. Yo,
2: oh, got of donut's. Oh, this is one really of the worst days ever.
8: Continuing. <laughs> no, no, no. Como es Juan. Como es Juan. Uh Guacamole. No, no. Senor Beavis. Como es Juan?
0: <laughs> um spaghetti.
8: <laughs>
4: <laughs> and Beavis kinda sounds a little bit the same kind of but uh I don't know. He's like a little bit more I don't know, I think he's like a little bit more scratchier in this. But as uh
0: <clears throat> but as time goes on, he kinda like Um, like, sound like this, or
4: something. That's pretty cool. Continuing. (coughs) Spaghetti? (laughs) Spaghetti?
8: That's Italian, you moron. Damn it, you idiots have been in this class for almost a whole school year, and the only Spanish you know is what you learned at Taco Bell. (laughs) And Beavis can't even get that right. (laughs) I'm gonna give you little bastards just ten seconds to come up with a sentence in Spanish, and if you can't, you're both going to the principal's office, and you're both (laughs) flunking. Well, I'm waiting. <laughs> uh... Uh... Rico
2: Suave.
3: Principal's office, now!
2: Oh, that's great. That's
4: great. Oh, man. And, uh... Yeah, so on and on the episode goes. And so so it's to the point where... Where they're, where they're in, uh... Where where they're in, uh, well, it, in, in this in this scene, and in, in this in this scene right here. <laughs> so so they they're on thin ice, and so the principal says, "All right, I'm going to suspend you guys because you guys keep laughing so damn much." And then they celebrate that, and then he says, "No way, I got a better idea." So he sticks them in buzzcuts class. Mr. Buzzcut is one of their instructors who just hates them. H- who just hate- who just hates these guys? And he just loves to psychologically torture them. And in this, this we we ter- it well it, it explains itself nicely. This this is Beavis and Butthead in a sexual education class. <laughs> I mean, I mean it's I mean it. Well, <laughs> here we go.
8: What the heck? is not Play him. Beavis there we go. and Butthead. There we go. I understand Mr. McVicker has made a little arrangement with you guys. Yeah, a little probation. You see, class, Beavis and Butthead here are not allowed to laugh for a whole week. That's right, and if they do laugh, they'll be expelled, and they'll have to go to Hope High School where they'll get their asses kicked on a daily basis by all the other delinquents. (laughs) Ha, (laughs) ha, (laughs) ha. Well, I was real glad to hear that because this is Sex Education Week. (laughs) Sex Ed Week. (laughs) We're going to be talking about the penis. (laughs) We'll be talking about the vagina. (laughs) And in all fairness,
4: who didn't giggle during Sex Ed Week? In school, you know, I mean, I didn't, but believe me, there's one in every bunch of some kids going,
8: can you believe the teacher just said testicle?
4: that whole thing continuing
8: do you think that's funny butthead do you find it amusing that we'll be talking about the testicles (laughs) and he just
4: really just emphasizes the words
8: yes we're also gonna be talking about venereal disease (laughs) sexual intercourse and and we will definitely be spending a lot of time talking about masturbation (laughs) Now that that's out of the way, let's take roll. Butt kiss! <laughs> Gaylord! <laughs> I'm <Ivan. laughs>
4: Oh, boy. Now, for anybody who's watched King of the Hill, you notice that, Hank, he talks like this. Well, Bobby, I gotta say, I'm mighty proud of you, boy. But before there was uh, Hank Hill, there was... Tom Anderson, he's a little bit more slower kinda, and he kinda doesn't really understand that he's getting the wool pulled over his eyes by these two boys right here. And uh, here's 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 a couple of times in which they've messed with him. One of them calls himself Butthole. <laughs> All right, in that episode, uh, they're they're asked to uh, mow his lawn, and rather than mow the lawn, they <laughs> They huff paint thinner, light the lawn on fire, and then take the, <laughs> take the uh, lawnmower for a joyride. <laughs> anyway, continue.
8: The other one's name is Joe, I think. And uh, what did these boys look like?
4: I believe they were oriental. Now, the thing with Beebs and Butthead is it doesn't typically have a consistent timeline, per se. Like, like, episodes don't consistently follow each other, but sometimes there are some instances in which... Mr. Anderson will kind of like refer to other instances in which the boys have uh, screwed with them, and those covered their tracks in their own way. They're like, uh, no. Uh, continuing.
8: Now, I want you boys to prune both of these trees up front here, and I, uh... <laughs> 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 hey, you boys look familiar. Aren't you the ones that ran off of my riding mower last week? Uh, no. <laughs> 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 You the ones that painted my cat's butt? (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, the cops will get them. Now, have you boys done any pruning before? Yeah. (laughs) You know, back when I was your age, I'd work 14 hours a day pruning trees and still have time to come home and mow the lawn. I'll be back in a while to see how you're doing. Remember, it ain't what you cut, it's what you don't cut.
4: (laughs) So, as the show would go on, uh, it would generate uh, a lot of fandom, but also a lot of controversy. And here's an instance in which uh, they incorporate uh, something that happened in Congress into the show. Here's what it was like on the show.
8: Uh, I can see you boys aren't like the usual hooligans hanging around here. Like these two fellas, uh, Buff Code and Beaver. Boy, they've been nothing but trouble. <laughs> now, here is the incident in question.
4: That that came from there, there was there was some guy in Congress, and he was making a speech about TV violence, and it led to this TV. And if anything, it just shows me how out of touch these political figures are.
8: Is the most pervasive parent called a narcotic. <laughs> But the truth of the matter is. Someone's laughing in the background. <laughs> and we've got to acknowledge it. It's the most pervasive of parents all children see. Uh, we got this was it Buff Code and Beaver, Beaver and something else. That, <laughs> that, I haven't seen it. I don't watch it but whatever it is, it was at 7 <laughs> o'clock. <laughs> okay, I, I think we got it.
4: Alright. <laughs> but yeah, but if, yeah, so anyway um, so that was a little thing they did. Uh, let's see,
8: what's this here? general we'll go see that she goes see But oh you good people but the truth of the matter <laughs> is hang is on more, more, more speed don't up tell. can't we do that not really beely and violently uh hurting as you and i don't want to do the first amendment okay now
4: here's here's one more extra from Beeves and butted it's one of my favorites and i found it on uh it was it was a part of uh a video i got one year uh, i got a celebrity death match compilation uh, video officially from mtv one year for easter and on the VHS, they have these little they have little things to tell you what else, uh, um, what else uh, MTV has to offer in regards to home videos. And there was a clip uh, of this video called "Beeps and Butthead at Hard Cash," where it was all the episode, where it was episodes they've done uh, that involved them trying to make money. And this was an excerpt from, from one of the episodes, and it's just it's, it's, it's so dumb. But it's just so funny to me.
7: Let's invent a tree. (laughs)
4: Let's invent a tree. (laughs) Just based on that alone, the way Beavis just talks is just funny to me. Let's invent a tree. (laughs) Okay, I I got uh, uh, a couple more things here. Then I got to do the, uh got to hit the break.
8: Invent a (laughs) tree. Leave See, we could build one out of lumber and two by fours and stuff, and then we could like tape some leaves. Ow! <laughs> See that way, anyone who needs wood but doesn't want to cut down his own tree can just like buy our tree and cut it down, and then he. <coughs> ow! Why
7: wouldn't he just go cut down his neighbor's tree, dumbass?
4: <laughs> now that whole excerpt wasn't on the video. There was just there was there was just a little there was just a little sample of that, but. But uh, but as we all know, uh, he went on to do uh, King of the Hill, uh, extract, uh, 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 idiocracy, and just bunch of just great great stuff. And you know, uh, okay, uh, yeah, I I, well actually, you know, maybe I should probably just continue because I got some King of the Hill excerpts here. This this is kind of cool. But the voice of Butthead was based off of a guy who Mike Judge. Hung out with when he was a kid, and one time the uh, uh, this kid says to him, "Hey, you know that uh, clubhouse you got? We're gonna tear it down." And Mike was like, "All right." And then the next day, he runs in the kid again. The kid goes, "Hey, you know your clubhouse? We tore it down." <laughs> and then he, and then he, and then Mike went down. He looked like, "Yep, sure enough, it was trash." And so that that character voice. What's the inspiration for Butthead? But he used it on King of the Hill in this episode, in season one, episode two.
8: Hey, Bobby, your mom's gonna teach sex ed.
0: Yeah, I know.
8: <laughs> We're gonna get to see her boobs.
4: <laughs> oh, geez, oh, what's this here? Yeah, man. Oh, oh, okay. All right, all right, cool. Okay. Uh, speaking of boobs and Butthead, um. <clears throat> Oops. The uh, the character Boomhauer on King the Hill was based off of this guy called MTV one time. I mean he left the message. And you could barely understand him. And the message went something like this. <clears throat> hey man, I've been calling y'all for about a month now. I mean you know, every time I'm on the Looney Tunes, man, I gotta see Pogba's freaking old bottle, man. You know, man, I mean, it's just like, you know, it's like, you know, every time I got on the TV, you know, got to see those you know, fools man. You know, I'm gonna be calling the FCC on y'all all that stuff. So that, uh, so the speaking character, so, so the, uh, style of that character was based off of, so he based this Boomhauer guy off of that character, off of that guy. And so here's, so that, that's, that's, that's why Boomhauer talks the way he does. This, this is Boomhauer.
8: Yeah, man. I'll tell you what. He's talking about them dang old condom dispenser with them, he's putting little, little, big cents in there and he try to hit that corner, turn it bang on that thing and <laughs> just talk about her needs.
2: <laughs> what
4: the heck? <laughs> and so that, now, 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 Uh, uh, here's, here's, here's a thing where Hank talks about what it was like with his dad, his dad teaching him the birds and the bees. Evidently,
8: my daddy told me the facts of life when I was Bobby's age and I turned out okay. And I
4: think, I think it shows them outside a farm and it shows somebody milking a cow and Hank's dad is trying to tell him that's pretty much the facts of life.
2: Yeehaw! Hey,
8: what's you crying for, boy? It's a good show. This is a damn good show. <laughs> yeah, that's also how he taught me about paying taxes. <laughs>
4: that's pretty cool. And one more thing about uh, Mike Judge, real quick. I woke up in a. Bit- uh, not sure if you guys know this, but well, well, he he did a voice for the South Park movie. He plays uh. Kenny, unhooded, at the end of the movie. And, uh, oh. Hang on, let's see. Where, where's that? I woke up in a big... Where is? Yes. Uh, coach oh, okay. Uh. <clears throat> okay, uh, I'd like to uh, just uh, uh, one more thing here. Uh, friend of the show, Phil Hendry, has been on King of the Hill many times, and uh, he's he's played up. Uh, um, uh, he's played a bunch of different characters, and here's where he plays Coach Sowers. From Season 3, Episode 12, here's, here's an excerpt. Coach Sowers?
8: Ill. Finally got a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> you noticed. B- Boomhauer. How you folks? Man, they doom, doing fine. Man, I'm down in Florida. Man, i going to ladder winter. Man, gonna, just, no problems, man. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. Gribble. No one's killed you yet. <laughs> GoTreeve. My God, man, what happened? It's a long story. Do you Uh, remember? Coach, uh, we came by to see you because, well, because you're the best coach Arlen has ever seen. How would you like to coach again for my son's football team? Coach
2: again? I quit. (laughs) Oh,
4: that's great. That is great. I love that. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let's see. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes the first hour of the program. Keep it here because on the other side, I got a thing about facts about the Hindenburg. I got a little thing about Conan O'Brien and there's time radio history and some other stuff. But uh, anyway, thanks for tuning in. This is the Lawrence Rush Show on TF52.com, RadioChaos.net, and Podcastable on iTunes, Spotify, and Google. Back after this. Thank you for listening, everybody.
1: Now, a message for any and all social justice warriors who may have accidentally landed on this program.
8: I suggest you get your pathetic, weak-willed little butt out of here now!
1: The Lawrence Ross Show will return after this. fool on Google and come across his picture. I'm
6: going to Google you. You're like everything, and this shirt is everything.
1: Don't say we didn't warn you. This is the Lawrence Ross Show.
4: The Lawrence Ross Show. How's it going, everybody? Thank you for tuning in. That was Trisha's version of All That Jazz. She did a great job with that, by the way. Here's some Stone Temple Pilots.
2: Breathe in. On a Sunday afternoon. Of all i between the lines. You lies
3: down here. Down here. Yeah.
4: For the longest time I had no idea what the song was called like I listened to the song on the radio and the, the, the guy on the radio would never say what it was and then usually I find out interstate love song that's what it's called sheesh I mean it's a good tune and all Not dang it <laughs> too early you're
2: premature even singing ah uh, sheesh Breathing. On a southern train On day today You lie Promises
4: that not seem to be Okay, I think I've screwed that one up Nine ways to Sunday I think I've embarrassed myself enough With that, <laughs> with that one <laughs> Maybe I'll I don't know Maybe I should probably practice it for karaoke one of these nights I don't know uh, all right. Let's see. All right. Eight one three six zero two two seven one five. You may have noticed uh, some tweaking I've done with uh, some of the intros and some uh, some of the new promos and stuff on this program. Uh, I just uh, I just I decided just to make uh, uh, make some new stuff this week, and I I I kind of figured that with the drop of Mel Gibson saying you need a fucking doctor. I mean, right at the top of the show, if you're saying to someone, try and call. You know, I'd love to hear from you. But then it's juxtaposed by the uh, Mel Gibson drop. It's, I don't know, it, 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 it seems a little too authoritative. So I, had to re- so I had to really back it down. And so maybe only, only be aggressive when I need to be. So that, that's why I did that one pertaining to these social justice warriors. And the one that I made, uh, the one of, know well, about the blind fool. I just, I, I came up with that one last night and I decided to use uh, the music in the background is I Can't See Your Face in My Mind by The Doors, which is off of their Strange Days album.
2: I can't see your face in my mind.
4: All right, what's this doing? Uh, What's this here?
2: Florida Wildlife official. Oh, okay,
4: yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, these, 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 you know, you you often hear about these people, and these people are such dang fools, man, taking animals out, you know, taking animals out of their natural habitat so they can pose pictures with them. It's like, what are you guys trying to do? Are you guys trying to get yourselves in trouble? And, you know, anyway, let's see what this is all about. Florida Wildlife and fish. And it doesn't matter if this is Florida, if this is New Jersey, if this is Alabama, if this is wherever, pretty sure that... I'm pretty sure you've had to deal with stories of this caliber. Florida wildlife officials taking action over these photos, taken over the weekend, showing people posing with a tiger shark. And
9: tonight, an investigation is underway. Let's bring in Fox 14.
4: Well, I would hope so. And, you know, a tiger shark. I mean, look, I, I don't, I don't I'm even messing around with regular sharks. I don't want to know what a tiger shark is going to do. I don't know what a tiger shark, tiger shark is capable of doing, but uh, I don't want to know. Uh, I should ask Carol Baskins. I mean, did, did, did maybe I don't know, or uh, Joe Exotic? Maybe he knows. I don't know. Casting alive in into the water with some more on this, uh, Josh. You know, you just wonder what some people are thinking. I know a lot of people saw this picture, saw what was going on, called FWC immediately. Obviously, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yep. All right. I think we got it. Uh, I'm just going to skip ahead to the. Uh, uh, I'm going to skip ahead to the meat and potatoes of the story here. Hey, people are, got shots. People, you know, get a
7: lot with turn taking,
3: turn, turn, a, turn, a, a, a the, the action. It's taking floating images. There we go. Images floating around on social media reportedly show boaters capturing and posing with what appears to be a young tiger shark in the Chassawitzka River.
4: Wouldn't it just occur to these guys to maybe just I don't know, maybe catch the tiger, you know, tiger shark and whatever, and just like and and then and then release it back into the wild or whatever it's supposed to do with tiger sharks. I mean posing with it yeah that's a great idea here's another great idea i'm gonna go to the san diego zoo and i'm gonna pose right next to a monkey's cage and i'm gonna see what happens that chimp's gonna be totally fine he's not gonna ravage me and rip my head off no he's a very friendly docile animal Never mind. they throw their own dung at you anyway witnesses say it happened saturday evening we
0: see the boat come in and he has a, a shark i can't tell the type or the size um Tied off to the front of his
3: boat.
4: Jamie Causey was. Hey, man, hey, dude, 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 what the heck, man? What the. I guess this. What do you think this is, Jaws or something? You're gonna need a bigger boat. What the hell, man? Don't be tying a shark to a boat. Come on, man. Dummy. There with her sons, she says the shark was
3: alive and dragged to the spring. It then became a prop for photos, she says. Then
0: all the onlookers start photographing the tiger shark and they start tormenting it, you know, holding it up in different positions and taking pictures. Several concerned
4: citizens called Florida fish. Uh, Guys, it's a wild animal. So I don't know what you're thinking in regards to... How you think that this is going to be okay? I mean, isn't this? I mean, isn't this illegal? <laughs> I think it is. You could have some sort of uh, repercussions for it. In wildlife, it's illegal to harvest
3: tiger sharks in Florida waterways.
4: Yep. See, there you go. Illegal to harvest. Illegal to harvest tiger sharks in Florida waterways. There you go. <laughs> From the judge, I'm like, all right, here's here, here's my stance. Boom, boom, boom. You're going to wait for a long time, going up the river. Out of my county, boy.
3: FWC says it is aware of the incident and is investigating. That
4: was definitely concerned If it got loose,
3: like,
0: what's it going to do? um Yep.
4: I would probably have that thought even in captivity, man. I just like there. There are certain animals that I just I I I I don't trust them. I just don't, man. I don't know what they're capable of doing, and I don't want to find out. I don't want to be in the receiving end, man. I mean, some animals I know what they do. Like skunks, I don't want to get by. I, I don't want to get hit by a skunk spray because that's just nasty. And uh, I definitely do not want to have any encounters with any possums. I had a dog growing up that encountered possums, and it—it's it, yeah, they're 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 very frightening. <laughs> possums are very frightening looking. Even I know that. Is it going to attack people? You know what's
8: going to happen? Yeah.
0: Was it? The whole situation was just stupid to begin with.
3: It's not the first time we've seen sharks be mistreated. Four years ago, this shark-dragging footage drew outrage. Three men were originally charged in that case after the video spread online. Two were ultimately sentenced for their roles in
4: it. Sharks. Okay, well, what about the other person? What did he get? Did he get, like, uh, probation? Did he get community service? Does he have to go to the Florida Aquarium and scrub the barnacles off the fish tank? Or what the heck does he gotta do? What's Third guy doing? Hanging up art murals about wildlife conservation? The heck's he doing?
6: are really important to our environment because they're sort of like the ocean's cleanup crew.
4: Callie Mellinger is a marine biologist with
3: Clearwater Marine Aquarium. She called the images horrifying.
6: Any animal that you see um, in, in our ocean is precious, especially sharks, because um, they are so important for maintaining healthy habitats.
3: he hopes these guys don't get let off the hook.
0: Shut up! It definitely needs to <laughs> be...
4: By the way, that dropped the guy going, shut up, his buzz cut from Beavis and Butthead. I couldn't res- I I couldn't... I couldn't resist throwing that in because all too often these news people think they're comedians, but they're not.
6: Made an example of, for sure.
0: It's sickening um, that there's people like this that they're boasting about it.
4: Oh, yeah. Yep. So who knows what's going to happen to these guys, but uh, it uh, doesn't look too good for them. Doesn't look too good for them. All right. Now, uh, um, on to something real quick I just want to talk about real quick. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, announced uh, run for uh, governor of California. And the other day I was very upset because why wasn't Caitlyn Jenner charged in the vehicular? You know, in, in, uh, in February of 2015, Caitlyn Jenner caused a car accident, which left somebody for dead. And when all was said and done, only had to pay $800,000, no jail time, no community service, none of that. Something should have been done, probably should have gotten, I don't know, know, maybe involuntary manslaughter. Okay, maybe that, you know, first offense. All right, I get that. I mean, look, it happens, you know, believe me, I'm not condoning. I am not condoning involuntary manslaughter. I am not condoning that. I'm not condoning vehicular manslaughter. I'm not condoning any kind of homicide any sort but <laughs> i mean at least something and it leads me to uh this uh i really think that we need i think the society needs to start realizing that blind people are out there just like them and when blind people cross the road, it's sort of like Frogger, but it is not as fun. <laughs> All right, our version, you know, you know, Fro- Frogger, you know, Frogger to blind people is like fatal. Pretty much, is, is is pretty much fatal whenever they cross the road because not everybody abides by the rules, unfortunately. And I don't know how many blind people have been hit by cars as a result of somebody not obi- uh, of somebody not abiding by the white cane law. But I think the white cane law is horribly, horribly, horribly under under enforced. It's horribly unenforced. Here's what I think needs to be done in order to curb this problem. I think what we need to do is we need to have cameras at every street uh, at every street crossing across the USA. Now, some of you probably listening is probably thinking, oh, gosh, this asshole wants more government in our lives. Turn this dude off now. This this is the this is the problem with America. More government? Hell no. Well, hear me out. All right, the can't the cameras would be pointed, you know, tw- towards the crosswalk so you could clearly see somebody in focus with a cane or a seeing eye dog. The white cane law states that all motorists must stop for persons with. A seeing eye dog or a cane. I think they call it a traveling stick. I honestly, you know friends, I honestly don't know what the lingo is that they use, but I think they should just call it a cane, you know, call it what it is, guys. But I think that if we have all these cross, if we have all these street corner if we have all these crosswalks cambered up, and someone goes by a blind person, clearly, who's who's clearly blind, if they go by a blind person the first time my suggestion, one hundred dollar traffic ticket. Second offense, two hundred dollar traffic ticket and of course, you know, and of course, you know, and of course you gotta show up to court for it to get your sentencing. What what do you or, or well actually not say back? Uh two hundred dollars and show up in court to pay the ticket. Third offense, five hundred dollars um let's see, five hundred dollars uh ticket, then court mandated traffic safety classes and fourth offense $2000 fine 6 months revocation of driver's license fifth offense $5000 fine permanent revocation of traffic uh, of driver's license because if you're stupid enough to drive past a blind person over and over again, then you don't deserve to have a set of wheels. You have to walk everywhere now. You have to either walk everywhere or have friends drive you from point A to point B. If you're that incompetent behind the wheel and you won't stop to uh, um, uh, and you won't stop because you don't have compassion, well, that's on you. I know that it's not, you know, I I know that we can't mandate compassion. But in this case, I think we need to make a damn exception. All right. Enough of that. Enough of my ranting, which will result in nothing, of course. Um, yesterday was uh, the anniversary of the Hindenburg disaster, and of which I have the Hindenburg audio spliced into this clip because there's a part in the video where the narrator uh. Does the uh, f- um, uh does his rendition of the broadcast, and it's just it's it's too I don't know it's a little too humorous for me. It's 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 uh, it's a video from Weird History. Here we go.
9: The story of the LZ-129 Hindenburg is fairly well known as part of modern history. Once the world's largest airship, the massive flying machine was one of Germany's rigid dirigible airships, colloquially known as a Zeppelin. Although they were popular war machines during World War I, the Hindenburg was actually a passenger airship making its way to Manchester Township, New Jersey, on that fateful night in
4: 1937. Oh, nice. All right. Cool. All right. So, you know, it's describing a little bit here
9: containing 16 large bags full of flammable hydrogen gas in its envelope. Sh-
4: uh, uh-oh. Uh, hang on a minute. <laughs> hang, hang on. Hang, ho- ho- hold on for just one second. Hang on. Hang on. Let me reassess something here real quick. Um, l- l- let's think about this here. A, Let's see. 16 bags of flammable hydrogen 16 bags of hydrogen which is flammable the ult- i think the best way to describe that is
9: the ultimate and not good
4: yep no good that's that that's all bad man nothing good can come from that 16 bags of f- f- flam- f- <laughs> why did i sound like uh... <laughs> why did i kind of sound like uh sylvester or uh you know yeah <laughs> why did i get like sylvester when i said
2: that
4: <laughs> flaming bags of of helium stuff sick attach that thing's gonna blow up because <laughs> <laughs> like harry Carey, holy cow and the cubs win six to three against the
9: yankees containing 16 large bags full of flammable hydrogen gas... Okay,
4: here we go. Okay, continue where we left off.
9: ...gas in its envelope. The ship was basically a flying explosion waiting to happen.
4: Oh, no. <laughs> That's not good.
9: As the Hindenburg made its final approach, tragedy struck. The Zeppelin caught fire, then slammed into a tower, bursting into flames, and crashed onto the landing field below. The crash of the Hindenburg led to the deaths of 35 of the 97 passengers, including the fatality of at least one of the ground crew. And it all began with a thunderstorm. The Hindenburg's commander, Captain Max Pruss, decided to delay landing due to the storm. And when it began to pass, the ship dropped its landing ropes about 180 feet from the ground, just before the incident that ignited the fire.
4: All right, that sounds sensible.
9: Most witnesses saw the first flames at 7.25 p.m., and the fire quickly spread over the next minute, consuming the airship. Some reports say that once the airship caught fire, it took 32 seconds from the initial signs of distress to the subsequent crash landing.
4: Oh man man, 32 seconds? Whew, man, that, that's 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 still frightening today.
9: But what went wrong? Whether it was a stray lightning bolt, static electricity, or even a bit of good old-fashioned anti-Nazi sabotage, the fate of the Hindenburg captured public imagination, largely thanks to the eyewitness testimony of a reporter who was present at the time, Herbert Morrison from Chicago, and disturbing footage of the disaster.
4: By the way, I have a theory in regards to the Hindenburg. I always thought that... I'm always... I'm sticking to my belief that some klutz must have dropped his lucky strike and it just went out of control. Of course, I could be wrong. Here we go.
9: Hydrogen on the Hindenburg was a fast-burning gas that held the ship aloft as it flew through the sky. It was relatively safe, but as soon as the airship's skin caught fire, it quickly ignited the gas. Out of the 97 people aboard the airship as it was engulfed in flames, only 13 passengers, 22 crewmen, and a single worker on the ground actually died during the disaster. Per several accounts of the mayhem, some passengers were forced to leap from the airship in an attempt to save themselves. Oh, man, that's frightening.
4: I mean, you know, I, 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 I can't imagine how high up they were. So, you know, it's, you know, would it, be, would it be a case of, you know, would it be a case of the fall killing you or... I don't know or I don't know or would you burn alive while you were jumping? I, I don't know
9: because the ship was close to landing, they were near the ground, so some of the jumpers did survive the ordeal all
4: right. But again, I wonder how high up they were.
9: other jumpers met an untimely end when they either did not survive the jump or the burning airship landed on top of them.
4: Oh jeez, man, there's ouch man, there's a double whammy. hmm, you know, you can either you can either you can either be burned alive in this airship. Where you can jump and hit the pavement or or you might
9: survive this one surprisingly many of the casualties were not burn victims oh all right only two unlucky people succumbed from burns these two passengers were very likely close to the fire's origin one survivor Werner Doner, told people magazine a few years before he passed a harrowing account of the ordeal As his family sat in the portside dining room to watch the landing, the airship approached the mooring mast and dropped its landing ropes. His father disappeared to another deck for a replacement roll of camera film when the fire struck. Donor told the AP, "'Suddenly the air was on fire. My mother took my brother and threw him out. She grabbed me and fell back and then threw me out. She tried to get my sister, but she was too heavy and my mother decided to get out by the time the zeppelin was nearly on the ground.' He lost his father and sister in the disaster, but his mother survived with a broken hip. Donor was burned on his face, both hands, and down his right leg, below the knee. Oh. The nurse gave him a needle to pop his blisters once the family made it to the infirmary.
4: Oh, jeez! Oh! That's going to hurt.
9: Speaking in 2017, Donor reflected on the disaster. The internet and social media has exposed and attracted the interest of a younger generation, he said. The Hindenburg is something you don't forget. The last survivor of the Hindenburg disaster passed two years later.
4: <laughs> well, of co- well, in all fairness, of course it's something you wouldn't forget because, you know, on fire and trying to escape, yeah, of course you're not going to forget that. <laughs>
9: owner was right when he said no one will forget the Hindenburg. But no matter how horrible the Hindenburg disaster was, it was not the most deadly airship crash at the time. Hmm. right, That dubious honor goes to the USS Navy airship USS Akron. The Akron stumbled into a violent turbulent storm in 1933 and crashed somewhere off the coast of New Jersey. Sounds like New Jersey was a dangerous place for aircraft in the 30s.
4: (laughs) Hey yo! Hey yo! Hey yo! Hey look man! Hey, look, man, it's 1930s. We don't want any aircraft around here. Take that aircraft crap out of here. Go to New York with that. Go to Boston. I can't really do a very good Jersey accent, unfortunately. That's that's one of the ones that I haven't really explored all that much. All right, here we
9: go. In the aftermath of the Akron disaster, only three passengers survived. 73 of the crew perished. Only secondary to the 48 lives lost in the 1930 crash of the British military airship R-101. <laughs> While Chicago radio station reporter Herbert Morrison is famous for his emotional first-person account of the Hindenburg disaster, Chicago residents didn't hear his recording until later that night.
4: And after that, after that recording, that's when they stopped. That's when that's when they stopped. Pre, uh, uh, that's when they stopped pre-recording. Uh, I'm sorry, airing pre-recorded bits of information in regards to uh, big events happening. That pretty much was the end. That was, that was pretty much where they decided, okay, well, look, you know, uh, if a disaster like this happens again, or if anything happens, then we should be able to do it in real time, not this, let's wait 12 hours until it happens.
9: Americans nationwide didn't learn of the disaster until the following day. Morrison's amazing reporting caught the public's ear, and his audio report became a media fixture, accompanying newsreels and footage of the disaster. His comment, oh, the humanity, became a recognizable phrase around the world, enduring to this day. But that's only a small part of Morrison's original broadcast, which told a more complete story.
4: And here is that footage.
9: Stand by. Complete story. They back motors of the ship are just holding it uh just enough to keep it from bursting the flames.
2: Get it, Scotty, get it, Scotty. It's fight and it's fighting it's racing terrible. Oh
0: my,
6: get out of the way, please. It's running, bursting into flames, and, and it's falling on the morning fast, and all the folks believe that this is terrible. This is the one of the worst catastrophes in the world. Oh, it's it's spiking twenty oh four or five hundred feet into the sky and it, it's a terrific race, ladies and gentlemen and it's smoking it's flaves. and the flames rising to the ground, not quite to the mooring mass. All the humanity and all the passengers screaming around here. I don't do it. I can't talk to people
2: around there. uh, I I can't talk, ladies and gentlemen. Honestly it's just like their mass smoking
6: wreckage. And everybody can hardly breathe and talk and screaming. Lady, I'm sorry. Honestly, I, I can hardly breathe. I, I'm going to step inside, but I cannot see it. Charlie, <laughs> <Sorry>, that's terrible. <laughs> I can't. Right, listen, folks, I, I'm going to have to stop for a minute because I've lost the voice. This is the worst thing I've ever witnessed.
9: Taking a trip across the Atlantic on the Hindenburg was a costly affair. The total cost of a one-way ticket between Europe and America in 1936 was a regal $400, which, adjusted for inflation, comes to around $7,000. The price increased to $450 in 1937.
4: Okay, in okay, wait, 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 hold up- on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> what happened was <laughs> the plug came out, and I wanted to comment on something, and I missed it, so I gotta go back, stand by.
9: Certainly aimed at the upper, stand aimed. Stand by. 400 dollars. Stand by.
4: Okay. Now the thing I wanted to point out there was when he says get this Charlie, get this Charlie, what happened was the impact of the Hindenburg was so was so great that it caused the vinyl disc it was like a wax vinyl disc to jump to um, abruptly jump up off of the machine and the guy had to just in like a nanosecond like like that like like put it back down so that he could continue the recording so that is why so that's why you hear that here we go
9: taking a trip across the atlantic on the hindenburg was a costly affair
4: Ooh, damn how much money is that gonna run you
9: the total cost of a one-way ticket between europe and america in 1936 was a regal 400 dollars damn All
4: right, $400.
9: Which adjusted for inflation comes to around $7,000. Holy
4: shit, $7,000 to go from one part of the world to the other? Well, I guess you could do that. Or what you could do is uh, you could just uh, get one of those credit cards where you can use, uh, where you can buy a certain number of purchases and then you will receive X amount of uh, points that you can use for travel.
9: It's great. The price increased to 450 in 1937. Oh, jeez. A ride in this airship was certainly aimed at the upper class.
2: Yes. Yes. Yes, it's
4: 1937. Yes, very wealthy. Yes.
9: But that didn't stop it from making other appearances, like at a certain athletic tournament in Berlin. And what the Nazis cons- hmm, would that
4: be the 1936 Olympics?
9: considered a triumph of their own propaganda, the Hindenburg made a cameo at the 1936 German Olympics. Olympic Stadium spectators, along with approximately 3 million German... citizens,
4: se- what if Jesse Owens saw the Hindenburg.
9: Citizens watched the airship travel 750 feet above the ground during the Summer Olympics, performing a show for about an hour or so. As to what kind of a show a Zeppelin performs, it basically just flies back and forth. Ah, oh,
4: dang. Really? What a bummer. <laughs> There's no Robert Plant singing, uh... And if I stay
2: with you tomorrow take my hand child come with me to a castle i will take you
9: hey it's something to watch No, enough, I probably
2: screwed
4: the song up Nine Ways to waste a Sunday Here we go
9: During its first public flight in 1936 The airship distributed leaflets And swastika flags over the cities of Germany Flying in formation alongside other airships at the time The ship supported a referendum Calling for the reoccupation of Rhineland Made up of a loosely defined area in western Germany Along the Rhine River
4: Hooray, a sneak preview of World War II
9: As if the weather weren't already bad that day due to the deluge of leaflets, the airship also played patriotic music and some other propaganda over its loudspeakers as it flew. In fact, Germany's minister of propaganda, Joseph Goebbels, wanted to name the dirigible after Hitler.
4: Oh, yeah, great move, dude. Especially, you know, you know, in hindsight, you know, that would have been a
9: horrible name, man. Luckily, Dr. Hugo Eckener, who was the head of the Zeppelin company at the time, was staunchly anti-that and instead named the airship for late German president Paul von Hindenburg. Man, what a difference a name makes.
4: <laughs> What's in a name, as, as the man says?
9: On his maiden voyage that same year, a few other notable things happened. The airship crossed the Atlantic in only two and a half days. Ooh, not too bad. Pretty good speed at the time, as most ocean liners made the same journey in five.
4: Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's something.
9: And it held the first Catholic Mass ever to be done while traveling through the air.
4: Huh, that's interesting. <laughs> that, 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 that's, that's something. <laughs> Bing! Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, good morning. Uh, we are going to conduct a Catholic uh, ceremony, so uh, please get your uh, <clears throat> please get your crackers and your water. I'm sorry, and your wine. <clears throat>
9: Unlike your modern coach class flight, where even thinking about lighting a cigarette will get you in trouble, <laughs> smoking was allowed on board the airship.
4: <laughs> yeah, at all fairness, you could do that back then. Well, wait a second. Hang on a sec. Hang on a. Co- hang on a second, on. Yeah, Yeah, hey, yeah. Coming up the mic, man. What, what what you got? Are you gonna tell me that you, you? Are you gonna tell me that smoking on an airplane with sixteen bags of? Flammable helium, or hydrogen. What the fuck is their problem? They're out of order!
8: The whole airship is out of order! All right, settle down,
9: sir. They even had a special room for it. It was pressurized to prevent any of the flammable hydrogen gas from infiltrating the room.
2: Oh,
4: okay, well... Good good point, but still, you know. Hey, I wonder, in all fairness, I wonder if they had those little plastic masks that drop down when there's a change in cabin pressure.
9: It was a bit of a ceremony, too, since a steward escorted smokers into the room and monitored them to ensure safety. Leaving the smoking lounge with any kind of lit pipe or cigarette was strictly prohibited. When you're riding on a ship containing 7 million cubic feet of hydrogen gas, a smoking lounge probably isn't the best idea. <laughs>
4: Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> That's a powder keg waiting to happen.
9: But the airship's designers put one in anyway.
4: If- but, they could have, you know, they easily could have, like, made another lounge, like a magazine lounge or a little radio lounge. No, not these cats. These cats want a smoking lounge and 7 million cubic feet of uh, hydrogen. Yeah, recipe for disaster, man. That's why I'm still, that's why I'm going with the somebody dropped the lucky strike.
9: Of course, passengers weren't allowed to bring their own matches or lighters, but they could buy what they needed, including cigarettes and Cuban cigars once they were on board. Safety first. Hmm. Zeppelins were the original airmail carriers. Ah, Cool. Capable of traveling above the ocean at a constant height and distance, the airships were perfectly suited to the task, and the last voyage of the Hindenburg was no exception. The airship carried an estimated 17,000 pieces of mail, most of which met a fiery end in the disaster. 176 pieces of mail survived the destruction
4: Dang! Okay, wait, well, hang on. I'm gonna replay that, cause I had something for
9: it. Survived the destruction of expectancy. The airship carried an estimated 17,000 pieces of mail most of which met a fiery end in the disaster god ah,
4: dang it Ah, burnt up in the mail <laughs> you can't use you know how would, how would you you know what's what's the what's the what's the german equivalent of hey man just let you know uh uh, the letter that I sent to you, yeah, it didn't make it. You know why? Because it was on the Hindenburg. It, 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 it got all toasted and stuff, and it was just, it was undeliverable, man.
9: 176 pieces of mail survived the destruction due to being stored in a protective container. Despite charring in the blaze, the mail could still be read. Ooh.
4: Very interesting.
9: It was postmarked four days after the airship was destroyed and is surprisingly desirable among modern collectors. One surviving letter sold that was previously unknown to collectors went on sale via Cohen's auction on November nineteenth, twenty twenty, for an asking price of seven thousand dollars. Wow,
4: seven thousand dollars for a burnt-out piece of mail. That's a that's that's, that's a strange that's a strange calling. If you have to, that's a strange purchase. How do you explain that one to your friends if you if you collect stuff? And over here, you'll see this letter that some guy wrote. May 11th, 1937 from the Hindenburg. But it's all charred. Yeah, it's cool. What?
9: Riding on the Hindenburg was a fancy way to travel in style. The airship's owners wanted to feature live music during flights but had to adhere to weight restrictions and couldn't put live musical shows inside the Zeppelin. Turning to famous piano-making firm Julius Blutner, they commissioned a special lightweight Baby Grand piano for use on board. Made almost entirely of aluminum, the 400-pound piano was covered in yellow pigskin.
4: Ooh, that's kind of cool. Yellow pigskin. I thought pigs were Pink. <laughs> Shows what I
9: know. It was only used for the airship's inaugural flying season and wasn't on board during the disaster.
4: <laughs> what the heck? So they used it once, then what they do? They anyway, we'll find out.
9: At its weight, the piano was light enough to have no effect on the flight of the airship. On its first flight to America in 1936, a prominent pianist named Franz Wagner gave several concerts for the passengers, playing works by Chopin, Liszt, Beethoven, Brahms, and the popular music of the time.
4: Freebird! Do Freebird! No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Freebird. Freebird didn't even come out until uh, forty. Oh yeah, thirty-five years, thirty-six years later.
9: For whatever reason, the piano did not appear on many Hindenburg flights. It was removed in 1937, put on display in a factory, and unceremoniously destroyed in a 1943 air raid when a bomb blew up the factory in which it was being displayed. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. In 1937, both German and American accident investigators determined the Hindenburg fire started by way of an electric spark that ignited upon reaching unexpectedly leaking hydrogen. Some believe the electric spark story is merely a theory. At first, much speculation centered on the idea the Hindenburg was intentionally set on fire in a daring act of anti-Nazi sabotage.
4: Okay, that's a little bizarre. I've never heard of that one before.
9: Following the disaster, rigid airships were no longer used for commercial air transportation. Oh, gee, you think? You think? Maybe the 16 bags of helium will do it for you. But many questions about the disaster remain to this day. Various theories surround the cause of the Hindenburg disaster, and the long specter of doubt still casts its shadow over exactly how the fire started to this day. One account comes from ground crew member Robert Buchanan, who had been manning the mooring lines when the Hindenburg caught fire. Seeing one of the airship's engines backfiring, he hypothesized that the airship's outer layer was ignited by engine sparks. Another ground crewman, Robert Shaw, reported a blue ring he thought may have been leaking hydrogen, which may have been ignited by sparks generated in the ship's engine. In a more modern theory, retired NASA rocket fuel propulsion engineer Addison Bain believes the cause may have been in the coating covering the airship. It's in the coating covering the airship, Batman. With the help of documents supporting his theory, Bain posed that the envelope contained a non-conductive, butyl-based coating that prevented the electrical charge from dissipating as it should have. The sh- it prevented the
4: electricity from... It prevented the charge, Batman.
9: Dip was coming down from a much higher angle than ever before, and the built-up electrical charge ignited the covering. Bane uncovered a 1937 letter from the Zeppelin Company to the paint manufacturer with their concerns about tests where the paint readily ignited <coughs> under an electrostatic discharge. Ah, and-
4: oh, well, those, you know, I, I mean, I mean, you know, makes sense, you know. Makes sense to have those, uh, Had those concerns, make sure the paint works out, but uh, evidently it was ignored. That's what it seems like to me.
9: Later tests by the Wireless Telegraph and Atmospheric Electrical Experiment Station. Wow,
4: that's that's a long
9: title. How do you explain that? What do you work at? I work at the World... uh,
4: I forgot the damn name already. So long.
9: They concluded the aluminum paint coating suffered from poor conductivity when applied to the outer skin of an airship envelope. Bain's research is not without its detractors, though, and noted airship historian Dan Grossman tends to disagree. He noted that while it's possible, it isn't the most likely explanation. And it doesn't change the fact that a giant airship was obliterated in less than 60 seconds. Grossman huh. holds there is only one true mystery of the disaster. What was the cause of the leaking hydrogen? As he told Life Science,
4: Maybe it was poorly built, and it was it was an oversight.
9: We know that hydrogen was leaking and that it was ignited probably by an electrostatic discharge caused by the weather. There was a thunderstorm at the time of the landing.
4: Well, yeah, there, there is that, but I mean, I st- I'm still going with the somebody was in the lounge area and dropped their lucky strike and the fire spread that way. That's just my opinion
9: regardless of what actually transpired that fateful day in 1937 the world of flying would never be the same again and the great flying airships of the early 20th century became one gigantic gaseous memory
4: uh, so the world may never know oh, such a mystery such a mystery all right now it's time to get to this section of the program Always love doing this. And stand by. Turn her up a little
8: bit. There you go. Now we're kicking it. Get on the microphone in a serious
1: manner. The Howard Stern Show. Hey now. The Phil Hendry Show. I love
6: 100. And
1: all the other radio shows in between.
6: Have a bad night. <laughs> it it's happen.
1: time for Radio History with Lawrence Ross.
4: Here we go. Back to May 11th. 1990 on the Howard Stern show, just to give you a little backstory. So in 1986, when Howard took over mornings, he was uh, he started out in New York. Then he went to Philadelphia, then Washington, and then a whole bunch of other markets. But when he was in Philadelphia, he really wanted to win. So he would always go after this guy, John DeBella. He was going after this John DeBella guy, and he and he eventually became number one in Philadelphia. So they go, so they go to Philadelphia. They have this funeral for John DeBella. The whole the the city is just rocking. Everyone, every, everyone's having a ball. The night before the show, uh, uh, after after the uh, 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 the. Okay so after after the funeral happens if, so if, if ever, after the funeral happens they take a bu- they they go to a hotel room and long story short Jackie Martling ends up in the bathtub with Jessica Hahn but his clothing is on mind you his clothing is completely on and he's just hanging out with her and they're talking and then he Gets out. Well, the next morning, Howard goes on the air and he totally embellishes what happened in the hot t- in the tub the previous day. And so, so, so they're scheduled to. So, so they're scheduled to. So, so they so they, so they leave Philadelphia. They, they 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 you know they they talk about what happened. It was a great time, but you know the audience liked it. Everyone liked it except for Jackie's wife Nancy she was so insulted by that uh, he tried to explain her uh, his side of things she was not letting him get one word in edgewise it was just a constant back and forth and then so so then to add so 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 he, so so he, so he comes home and he wants to explain to his wife the whole thing she's not letting him Say word one, she's yelling at him all this stuff and this, that, and the other. She storms out after she after she leaves in a huff, gets in her car, and and drives around to, to decompress a little bit. Jackie opens up his suitcase. The first thing he sees right there on top, <laughs> a damp negligee from Jessica Hahn that the guys had stuck in his suitcase as a joke. And he says in his book that if Nancy had found that she definitely would have killed him. Definitely would have killed him as to how fired up she was. So, so... So, so, so Jackie's wondering, what the heck do I do? What do I do? So he calls his, uh, uh calls his therapist and his he says to her, listen, here, here's the whole thing. Uh, here's what we got going on. You understand the other, then, then she says, okay, look, you guys are going to be going to uh, Europe this weekend, do whatever it takes to get her on that plane. Because once she's on that plane and, and you've done the right thing, all will be well. So Jackie's like, all right, fine. So he opened up the show with this, and this this, this is one of the times where he was very sincere, and he even asked the don't make a mockery of this. But of course, the Howard Stern show, of course, they just said, let's have fun with whatever we got. So here we go.
8: Now an announcement from Jackie. <laughs> just, oh, come on.
4: All right. I just want to check something real quick. Okay. All right. Just checking something real quick. I gotta, I gotta speed this up a little bit. Okay. Here we go. I just want to apologize to my wife Nancy for uh, the Jessica Hahn death of incident. I, I thank you I'm what,
3: sorry. okay I didn't realize oh. we' not done okay oh. stupid and I'll never do anything like that again and I love you and I'm very sorry and very sincere and don't, please don't make her mock
8: creators I'm serious I'm sorry I'm not trying to bring the show down I just wanted to apologize to her. she's very upset <laughs> Thank you
4: I'm done Howard So there we go with that now on to <clears throat> okay one more example okay one more radio history thing and then uh um uh one more radio history thing then, then then it's almost then the show's almost over but uh, this is one of my favorites from today's date May 7th 2002 is when this ran wow gosh it's 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 a classic man from the Phil Andre show uh Phil once uh uh Phil said in the program that he would raise 50 million dollars uh if anybody could take out Yasser Arafat. So Margaret Gray calls in and she says, I'm working on some numbers, and then Lloyd Bonafide is on the phone, another one of Phil's characters, and David Hall, the vice president of syndication, is also on the uh, in this in this episode of, in this excerpt of, in I'm sorry, in this uh moment from the show as well. But this is but but this this is just this is just one moment because there's so many great moments from this uh bit that Phil did. And it's just so hard to choose. Like a personal favorite, but this 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 one is this one's really great. So they're trying to do the song "Say You Say Me" by Lionel Richie, and Margaret is trying to sing it, and she either she either like she either messes up the words, or Lloyd keeps looking at her creepily, or Phyllis to cut her off because she says something out of line. And this is where and this this is where she says something out of line, and and uh, and it and it was and it wasn't censored. It just it went out over the air. <laughs> Uh, so, here we go Phil, give me one more chance This is for all of our guys On the front
3: lines of Afghanistan And around the world Striking the blow for freedom I'm gonna blow you I mean, I'm sorry, I wanna strike a Okay, hold on for a
2: minute <laughs> I love that That's
4: great is what that is Oh my gosh, that's funny! Oh my lordy, lordy, that's funny. Too damn funny! All right, uh, let's see. Okay, uh, just uh, real quick. I see that uh, Conan O'Brien is hanging it up after 28 years, and of which, uh, hey, look, good for him. I mean, he's 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 if he's had his fun doing it, he's had his fun. He's had his fun doing it, but I mean, look at all the great stuff he's contributed to comedy not only just his tv show but also he was a writer for the simpsons for a little bit and uh and uh here's and here are two excerpts this this is a this is a uh first up i got beefs and Butthead commenting on uh, conan o'brien and then i got a clip from the south park movie that actually features him and uh, so i'm gonna roll that and then uh and then uh and then i'm gonna say a couple more things and then i will go right into the uh out row. here we go
8: uh, that looks kinda like Conan O'Brien. Oh
6: yeah, I already he a gigantic schlong.
8: Uh,
7: no, you're thinking of me, Beavis. Um, no, I, I was thinking of me,
0: actually. <laughs> no!
7: Our next guest at the number one movie in the world right now please welcome terence and philip
6: hello conan hello Breck shield uh,
7: guys some people claim that your canadian humor is nothing but immature fart jokes
6: that's not true take this classic canadian joke for instance <clears throat> excuse me tans yes philip <laughs> Cheers, fuckface.
5: Guys, you
7: can't say that on TV.
6: Now Terrence smells like my ass. (laughs) I farted once
0: on the set of Blue Lagoon.
7: So, guys, does it make you nervous to be in America? There are a lot of organizations here that want you arrested for destroying children.
6: Oh, they'd have to find us first.
7: You're right now
6: Terrence and Philip Mothers Against Canada is placing you under citizen's arrest mom? dude what the hell is going on? we have a court order for your arrest Philip we've been ambushed here you go Conan this little scrotum sucker
5: deceived us you are a bad man don't listen to them Conan you loved our movie Conan we watched it together remember? you laughed what have I done? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Holy crap! Did you see that? They arrested Terrence and Philip.
4: <laughs> that's wild. All right. Well, you know that's uh, wow. Okay, that's damn. All right. Let's see what I got. Oh, okay. All right. Well, and uh, and uh, and uh, funnily enough, um, <clears throat> Trisha Paytas was actually on an episode of Conan years ago. I think. I think her character was uh, Sally. I think. I haven't looked at, uh, I haven't, uh, haven't quite, uh, uh, I should probably, I don't know, check on IMDb for a little bit of a refresher. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Lawrence Ross. And uh, remember, folks, do with your heart, And I'm sorry, <laughs> see with your heart and do good. See with your heart and do good, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Lawrence Ross, and, again, and uh, as a closer, here is the tribute song that I wrote for Trisha Paytas. And I will see you all next Friday. Same time, same station. See with your heart and do good. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening.
2: Whenever you feel.
3: Like you're alone, and there's nobody you can rely on. This is all you
2: need to know. Trisha Paytas, you are so sweet and so funny, making internet money for so long now. Oh, you're a smart one, and I know you're a woman of all seasons. The fans you are pleasing them So please take a bow You're called the queen of YouTube and For you it's the perfect label It's the best royalty they've got yet Now it seems to me it's a Burger King And Taco Bell is on the table So a big mukbang is what we're gonna get Trisha Paytas Oh you make really good covers You write songs for your lovers Filming on an iPhone And vlogging, oh vlogging Well that's not just you talking Your videos make us feel like we're not alone Even when it's cold out you bring sunshine Your stuff is like a fine bottle of wine It only seems to get better with age You've really got a caring soul And to make you got a heart of gold, I say your Payton, oh, you're so tender and sensitive. Gotta love the life you live. It's really great. And when it's raining, just know there's a rainbow above you. And know that all the fishies love you. All the fishes love you Yes, you're a genuine sweetheart In every single...
7: Thank you all for coming. There's a uh, coffee and brownies out front.
1: You've been listening to the Lawrence Ross show. Email the show blindlawrence at gmail.com.
3: There's a letter in your mailbox.
1: Follow him on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, all ending in forward slash blindlawrence. Be careful check out his youtube channel youtube.com forward slash Lawrence ross become a fan of the show on facebook facebook.com forward slash l 1987
8: i'll send your shiny happy ass a friend request
1: rate and subscribe to the show on itunes or follow the show on spotify search Lawrence ross
8: get out and take your sack of your Ouija dollars
1: with you this week's edition of the Lawrence Ross Show Yikes! has just hit the brakes.
2: Keep your ugly fucking
3: gold-bricking
2: ass out of my beach community. You lose! Good day, sir! I was making radio shows for fun. Everybody does it. At least everybody I know. Shut up! And baba-booey to y'all. <laughs>